Good evening, sports fans. This is Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor. Long time no see, guys. It has been quite a while since I have made my last post here, and I apologize about that, but you know what? It's Christmas vacation, and I'm enjoying it to the fullest. Beautiful blanket of snow here in Lewiston, and it has been awesome to just get some time off from school and just focus on hanging out with the family and, you know, watching sports and working you know it's a very lovely time of year for us college students and my fellow college students can agree i'm sure but without any further ado the world of sports continues to rotate and spin so let's let's get to it uh let's start with uh, some college bowl game action uh earlier this month troy defeated north texas 50 to 30 uh to take home the new orleans bowl trophy uh, Troy quarterback Brandon Silvers led the way for the Trojans with 305 yards passing, four touchdowns, but they also had a great day running the ball as Josh Anderson rushed for 113 yards and a pair of two and a pair of touchdowns. That was on 22 attempts. Uh, Troy under Neil Browns uh, has gone under Neil Brown has gone about this somewhat quietly, but Troy is one of the best mid-major programs in the country right now. Uh, so he'll obviously be a highly sought-after coach, maybe not this year, maybe next year. In any case, the the Trojans defeated Appalachian State for the Sun Belt title after coming up one game short of the share of the title in 2016. Their 21 wins in the last two seasons are obviously the program's most ever in that span as an FBS program. The previous high was 17, achieved between 2008 and 9 or 2008-9 season and the 2009-10 season. They made their biggest national splash ever this year when they beat LSU in a homecoming game at Death Valley, then roasted the Tigers on Twitter about it. So uh, that program is definitely trending upward. Neil Brown is definitely going to be a hot commodity as far as the coaching carousel is concerned. Uh, Speaking of which, that coaching carousel has slowed down recently, so going to be interesting to see if his name comes into discussion Uh, a game that happened today number 25 Boise State uh, finished off the Oregon Ducks 38 to 28 in the Las Vegas Bowl as they get 11 wins on the season Oregon falls to 7 and 6 Oregon obviously was a little in in disarray with the departure of head coach Willie Taggart uh, and the news of Royce Freeman, their starting star running back, uh, would be sitting out of the game. So uh, the Ducks really struggle on both sides of the ball as a result. For, through the first three quarters, really, they were able to cut it to 10, uh, but unfortunately it was not enough as Boise State was able to hang on and get the W. The last bowl on tap for today features Middle Tennessee State 6-6 six and six, uh, against the Arkansas State Red Wolves at 7-4. and four. I look for the Red Wolves to come out on top in this one. Arkansas State has had a history of showing up in bowl games and or just in any big game uh, in general. So that program has had success. Um, on to college basketball. Uh, this is a day of top 25 losses uh, featuring... 15th ranked Seton Hall. Uh, they were they're now nine and two on the season. They fell to Rutgers ten and three by a score of 71 to 65. Now for a team like Rutgers, it's important to pick up these good wins early on, considering they play in one of the toughest conferences in all of college basketball, that being the Big Ten. 
their next top 25 test, 17th ranked Purdue. Seton Hall, hopefully they can bounce back going forward. Oklahoma State upset Florida State today, 71-70. to 18th ranked Notre Dame took uh, took the loss at the hands of Indiana, 80-77. to 77. That's a pretty bad loss for Notre Dame, considering Indiana sits at 6-5 and five right now. Uh, this is the same Indiana team that lost to their in-state rival, Indiana State, by a, sco- by a score of 91-69, to 69, if I remember that correctly. In any case, Jawan Morgan led the way for the Hoosiers with 34 points and 11 rebounds. This is a big win for the Hoosiers uh, as they have the talent to make the push for the tourney, maybe as a bubble team, and wins like this is something the committee will definitely take a look at when it gets down to March. Another top 25 team went down today, and uh, this time it was Oklahoma who marched into Wichita, Kansas earlier today and defeated the number three at Wichita State Shockers by a score of 91-83. to Trey Young led the way for the Sooners with 29 points in the effort, but he also dished out 10 assists, and he, this is a guy I talked about earlier this year when they played USC. Uh, in Los Angeles, and he he's been averaging well, uh, w- right around 29 points a game, but also close to 10 assists a game. Uh, so Trey is definitely, for me at least, has the potential to be a lottery pick in the coming NBA draft. And this Oklahoma team is definitely a threat, in my opinion, to make an elite, uh, Sweet 16, Elite Eight, maybe even a Final Four kind of run. I don't know if they have the talent to win it all or are deep enough, but. They are definitely playing uh, hot earlier this season. Another great game today featured the eighth-ranked, excuse me, the eighth-ranked Kentucky Wildcats as they defeated the Virginia Tech Hokies. Uh, the Wildcats were able to hang on uh, and win 93 to 86, but this game was competitive and went back and forth much throughout the game. And Virginia Tech is receiving votes for top 25 rankings, so this was a great win for the Wildcats. That kind of wraps up college basketball. Let's go ahead and move on to the NFL playoff picture. Uh, Actually, the Lions and Bears are currently playing right now. I did not know we would have a Saturday game today. In any case, uh, Detroit leads in the fourth quarter, just above two minutes to go, getting ready for that two-minute warning, 20-10 over the Chicago Bears. And this is a big win for the Lions if they can hang on as that would put them at 8-6. Let's take a look at Detroit's upcoming schedule. I know Green Bay is going to be in it. They are. And that is going to be the end of the regular season for the Lions. So if they win today, or which it looks like they're going to, it's going to put them at 8-6. Green Bay is right with them at 7-6. And, and guess who? Green Bay just got Aaron Rodgers back. But look at this tough road. For the Packers, even even with Aaron Rodgers back, they're playing uh, at Carolina against Minnesota, a tough team who sits at 10-3, and the head of their division. And then they finish with the Lions, who are fighting for a playoff spot. So this is going to be a crazy next couple of weeks for the Packers as they are really in a tough spot right now. But you know what? They have Aaron Rodgers to do it. My only concern is, are they pushing to get Aaron Rodgers back too quickly uh, just to make this playoff push? When coming off of a collarbone injury, there's been instances where it doesn't take much, and next thing you know, 
you have yourself a re-injured collarbone. So, uh, Packers fans, while while I'm glad that Rodgers is back, I'm also kind of holding my breath and hoping that, you know, nothing serious uh, comes of this. So, uh, again, Detroit, this is a big win for them if they hang on. 1 minute 57 to go, uh, 20-10, they lead over Chicago. But let's take a look at the entirety of this playoff picture. Uh, these next couple of weeks are going to be insane as far as all the potential outcomes uh, of these games that are coming up. So let's take a look. Uh, for the AFC, uh, these are teams that I kind of think have it locked up. The New England Patriots, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and possibly the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, New England sitting at 10-2. and two. Their division is pretty much always for them. The Steelers sitting at 11-2 and two, actually play the Patriots this weekend or tomorrow. That is a game I'm definitely excited to tune in and watch. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers play without their leader, Ryan Shazier, on the defensive side. Uh, the way this Steelers offense is playing, though, right now, it's the uh, Patriots better come ready to play. Uh, I'm sure they will, of course. Uh, in any case, uh, that, that's, that's going to be a great game to watch. Now, the reason I say possibly about Jacksonville is because they play the 8-5 and five Titans at the end of the regular season. So that game has some pretty big implications as far as that division in football. Uh, let's run over to the standings while we have a moment and see the Jaguars' position. Uh, 9-4 and four right now. Titans sit right behind them at 8-5. So the next three games for Jacksonville, Houston comes to town, then Jacksonville travels to San Francisco and plays the 49ers, and then they finish the season with that game, as I mentioned previously, with the Tennessee Titans. That's in Nashville, and that game is going to be a big one because, the, again, the Titans sit right behind them in their division at 8-5, and five, and that game will really decide it. Uh, let's take a look at the Titans' schedule leading up to that game. Um, let's see here. They, they took a really tough loss at the hands of the Cardinals last week, 12-7. to They get a chance to rebound against the 49ers tomorrow. Uh, that A 1-30 start. Then they play the Rams in Nashville, which is going to be a very tough game because the Rams themselves are trying to secure their division and take the win. And then the Jaguars uh, will come to town for the Titans to finish off that season. So uh, as far as the, the AFC South is concerned, that those two teams right there are going to be watching each other in the next couple of weeks. But moving on, as far as wildcard hopefuls in the AFC, we look at the Bills sitting at 7-6. and six, The Dolphins sit at 6-7. and seven, And believe it or not, they still have a chance. Then we look at the Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, and Ravens. All of those teams sit at 7-6, except the Raiders, uh, who sit at 6-7. So, let's take a look at some of these teams here. Uh, as I mentioned, sitting at uh, in the AFC, the Chargers are, are the hottest out of all of them, that's for sure. You look at the way Phillip Rivers is leading this team, and the way the defense has been playing... The past couple of weeks this is a team to look out for it all started with that win against the buffalo bills when they destroyed nathan peterman's dreams of being an nfl quarterback 
picked them off five times and went on to win 54 to 24. They then beat the Cowboys 28 to six, and then they beat the Browns, which congrats, <laughs> who cares? Then they beat a solid Redskins team 30 to 13 and really did not let Kirk Cousins do anything. So this team comes in here on a four game tear, hoping to make it five. The Chiefs on the other hand have been struggling for quite some time now. Really in the second half of the season, they've had very little success. And they're coming off a win over the Raiders, 26 to 15. That was a huge win, but I still just don't like their chances. They're, the only the only positive I see for the Chiefs in this game is that's an Arrowhead Stadium. You know that's a tough place to go in and win. But I've got to go with the Chargers. The way they're playing right now, if Philip Rivers continues to have this kind of success. It doesn't matter what that Chiefs defense throws at him. And for a defense that looked so talented earlier on in the season, they have really fallen flat. So I've got to go with the Chargers here. I look for the Chargers defense to make enough plays to hold that Chiefs offense in check. And I look for the Chargers offense to continue this grand of great brand of football, which will be huge because this would put the Chargers at eight and six, leading the division. And then the Raiders at six and seven. Let's see who they've got. They've got the Cowboys. We'll touch on the Cowboys in a moment here, but the Raiders, what a disappointing season. Just, I'm shocked. I really thought the Raiders were a threat for the Super Bowl. Then again, a lot of people picked the Giants as a threat for the Super Bowl. But in any case, with, when you look at the pieces on this team, great offensive line, Marshawn Lynch in the backfield, among other backs who are very serviceable. Uh, Derek Carr, who looked like an MVP candidate last season before he had that horrific leg injury, which ended the season for him. Michael Crabtree is really making a name for himself. Amari Cooper coming off a great season. You really thought the Raiders, and a pretty good defense, who also picked up Navarro Bowman from San Francisco, this team had the makings of what I thought to be a Super Bowl contender. It just hasn't been that way. And the offense has been, you know, shaky all year. And the defense can't make enough plays to really keep them in games where they need that offensive scoring. So th this game against the Cowboys is essentially their season. If they lose, there's no way they're going to catch the uh, the team in front of them so time will we'll just have to wait and see how they do so we just talked about the AFC playoff picture and there's still a lot of intrigue in that wild card hopeful slot again Buffalo Bills seven and six Dolphins six and seven Chiefs seven and six Chargers seven and six Raiders six and seven Ravens seven and six in the AFC North so a lot of intrigue left in the in the next couple weeks for the AFC. But now let's move on to the NFC. And we already have a couple teams that have their slots locked up. And the Philadelphia Eagles coming in at 11-2, though hobbled a bit without Carson Wentz going forward. That's going to sting for sure. Although Nick Foles is a very serviceable backup. This is a guy who threw 28 touchdowns with only two interceptions in one of his earlier seasons in Philadelphia. So... I'm not saying he's going to lead them to the Super Bowl or he's the answer in Philly, but he's definitely not a bad guy to have as your backup. So I look for Philadelphia to still make a push for potentially the Super Bowl. They could get there. I just don't know if they have 
you know, that he doesn't have that it factor that Carson Wentz has. So could they win it all? I don't think so. The other team in the NFC that really has it locked up is the Minnesota Vikings, led by Case Keenum, of all people, as they sit at 10-3 and in the top of their division. Granted, Aaron Rodgers has been out for a lot of the season, and thanks to Anthony Barr's you know, landing on Rodgers' shoulder, that game is going to be very interesting for Anthony Barr as, as the Vikings travel to Lambeau in, next week. Uh, as far as the wild card situation, we've got ourselves a lot of intrigue. Again, the Cowboys, I mentioned them, they'll be taking on the Raiders this weekend. They sit at 7-6, and six, and they still have a shot at this wild card spot. If they move to 8-6, and six, finish with maybe a 9 and 10-6 uh, or 9-7 and seven record, the Cowboys should be going to the playoffs. That being said, well, let's look at the Rams and Seahawks. They're playing this Sunday. Uh, the Rams... Uh, if they win, the Rams will essentially have locked up their division. Let's take a look at uh, the NFC West. The LA Rams with a 9-4 record. Seattle Seahawks 8-5 sitting right under them. If the Seahawks win, which it's going to be a tall task, <clears throat> seeing how banged up they are on defense and how much Russell Wilson has been running for his life the <clears throat> really the entire season, if the Seahawks win... They will move to 9-5, and five, as will the Rams, and the Seahawks will own the tiebreaker. So the Seahawks would go from looking at a wild card position to potentially locking up the NFC West, which the, the Seahawks really need that home field advantage if they want to make some noise in the playoffs, in my opinion, for this season. So we're, that's going to be a huge game. It's in Seattle, and... We're going to see what Jared Goff's made of. Is he really the does the height does he live up to the hype? And does this Rams team translate into the late season, you know, late playoff run that they've looked like they could? Uh, that they're still going to have that solid defense. How's the offense going to do in Seattle? We're just going to that, that that's definitely a game I'm going to be tuning into. Uh, let's see elsewhere. Uh, some other games to take a look at. Lions and Packers, as I mentioned earlier, both sit at 7-6. and six. Then we look at the Saints, Panthers, and Falcons. The NFC South is crazy right now. Uh, the, there was a big Thursday night game featuring the Saints and the Falcons. The Falcons were able to hang on and beat the Saints 20-17. And thus they thrust themselves back into the playoff conversation. Looking at the Falcons, they have games against the Buccaneers, which they should win. Then they play the Saints, and then they play the Falcons. So there you have the top three teams in the division all going head-to-head to head right there. What a great situation. Uh, I know for the fans it's stressful, but in any case, uh, the Panthers, in my opinion, have the easier route. Granted, Aaron Rodgers is coming to town, so that's going to be a tough task. That's this. That's tomorrow at 10 a.m., 1 p.m. Eastern Time. The Buccaneers are coming to town as well, and then they finish the season off in Atlanta. So that game's going to be huge, assuming they don't fall flat on their face in the next couple of weeks. The Saints, they finish up with the Jets tomorrow. Then they play the Falcons at home, and then they go to Tampa Bay. 
that's the great thing about the NFL. I may not be the biggest NFL fan out there. I'm definitely a bigger, you know, I definitely get more into the college ranks. But this time of year is so interesting to watch. And this is when it really starts to heat up. And it just shows you how important each and every game in the NFL is. Um, these Again, these next couple of weeks, they're going to be something you want to tune into. If you don't like this time of year in the NFL probably aren't a fan of sports in any case the nba storylines uh that i see or that are interesting today um you've got the thunder and the knicks tonight the thing that makes it interesting is carmelo anthony is making his return to the knicks again anthony spent seven years in that city so he definitely i, I bet it's going to be mixed with booze and maybe some applause if the Knicks fans boo Carmelo Anthony, they really don't know basketball. He didn't. He never had a great team around him. He never. Obviously, he's not a. You know, I, I don't know if he's known for his leadership around the league, but the, he needed more pieces and more help around him, and he never got that. He had Amari Stoudemire earlier in the season, but I didn't think that was going to work from the start. They needed to be kept separate and. They both needed the ball in their hand, and they could never work together. So that was a match made in hell from the start. But again, it was literally Carmelo Anthony carrying the show for a lot of his time in New York. And he stayed. He stayed even though he probably didn't want to sign those big deals uh, with the Knicks. And then Phil Jackson comes in, throws him under the bus, and he's got the organization in disarray. Kristaps Porzingis doesn't even want to be there. And finally, Melo got his wish and got out of New York. So now he's with the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have not had the season they would have hoped. Uh, they currently have won six out of the last ten games, which, you know, maybe they're trending in the right direction. Maybe they're showing signs of life. But for much of the season, they have been underperforming big time. And I just don't know if they're, it's going to work. I think... I'm, I normally wouldn't say Russell Westbrook is selfish, but there's just been instances this season where I've thought, what is he doing? He's got Paul George and he's got Mello right there to pass it off to. And my brother will probably disagree. He's a big Thunder fan, but there's just instances where I just don't know what's going through his head. He's not the brightest out there when it comes to basketball IQ, and I think he wants to win so badly that... He just, you know, does it at the expense of his teammates in an effort, you know, to try and get the win. Not saying he's a bad player or anything, just don't know if he's the answer for a championship team. In any case, uh, the Thunder and Knicks both sit at that eight seed in their respective conferences, and uh, the for this game definitely matters more for the Thunder. It's because the Knicks, you know, the Eastern Conference, they could lose 40 games and still probably make it in. Whereas the Thunder, definitely not the case. Uh, the Rockets will be taking on the Milwaukee Bucks that game in Houston. And the, for the Rockets, they're hosting or boasting rather a 12-game win streak coming into this game, sitting at 23 and four on the season, first in the Western Conference. Chris Paul and James Harden are doing phenomenally together down in Houston and the Bucks set up that four seed in the east they have themselves a pretty dangerous roster when you look at it with Eric Bledsoe and Giannis Antetokounmpo 
And Chris Middleton I'll even throw in there. But the interesting thing about the Rockets, James Harden and Chris Paul are actually more efficient when one of them's on the bench. So that's the only thing I worry about with this team is, you know, when it's crunch time, it's, it's in you're in March, playoffs are looming, and they're in games where they need both of them on the court. How are the Rockets going to function? Are they going to flourish with a true point guard like Chris Paul and a scorer like James Harden? Or are they going to have issues chemistry-wise and offensively with the two of them on the court? That's really the only concern I have with this Houston team. The backcourt has just really been bolstered by Chris Paul, however. And since he has played on this Houston team, they have not lost a game. He obviously missed some time, but they are undefeated when Chris Paul is on the court. And that is going to do it for this episode of Garrison Talk Sports, again, here on Anchor. And guys, uh, if you have any uh, comments, questions, criticisms, feel free to leave a comment on any of these episodes, or feel free to give a call into the station. I'll, if, you know, it's not too critical, I'll definitely play it uh, on my station and, you know, share it. Um, and if you'd like, please give us a uh, like uh, and follow on Facebook for our Facebook page. It's called You Pick It, spelled exactly like it sounds. You Pick It. And we'll post the top stories, uh, top games, top outcomes of games, and t really top transactions across the world of sports. And uh, we'd really appreciate your follow, your, your uh, comments on there. Debate is welcome. Again, this has been Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor. I will see you guys later.